Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Runners Only with Dom Harvey, a podcast brought to you by Radix Nutrition. Coming up, Campbell Johnstone. For me, it was like the final step just to have closure. You know, you no longer have that cloud hanging over your head, even though your family, your friends, your teammates, everyone knows, and it's all old news, but just to, you know, lay to rest of that final piece, and it, and it does give you yourself peace. Campbell Johnstone made a name for himself in New Zealand rugby circles as an All Black and a Canterbury Crusaders rugby star in 2005. But he made a name for himself internationally in early 2023 when he became the first ever openly gay All Black. And this is his story. This episode is, as they like to say in rugby circles, a podcast of two halves. The first half zooms in on his sexuality and the second half looks back on his rugby career, which included three super rugby titles. We chat about his decision to do an interview on Seven Sharp with Hilary Barry, growing up, realising he was gay and his earlier sexual experiences, coming out to his parents dabbling with the grinder, dating app, and much more. Then we look back on his epic rugby career, his thoughts on Razor Robertson as a coach, the hilarious reaction from his dad when he told him he was an all-black for the first time, his awkward hucker experiences, and much, much more. Thank you very much to the absolute legends at Radix Nutrition for sponsoring this episode. I start every day with their protein powder mixed with ice cubes and a little bit of trim milk. If you're not using protein powder, you should give it a go. It's not just for weightlifters or juice heads. It's useful for anyone who wants to hang on to the muscles you already have, which is so important, especially as you get older. But it's worth noting, Radix is so much more than just a protein powder company. They do smoothie powder and the best freeze-dried meals you will ever taste. Check out their website, no pressure to buy anything, but they truly are doing epic things from their factory on the outskirts of Hamilton. Radixnutrition.co.nz. That's R-A-D-I-X. All right, let's get into it. Campbell Johnston on Runners Only with Dom Harvey. This is Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Fast-paced, slow and steady, anywhere you coming. Just want to connect for everyone who loves running. This is Runners Only. Yeah, let's get it started. This is Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Fast-paced, slow and steady, anywhere you coming. Just want to connect for everyone who loves running. Hey, Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Runners only with Dom Harvey and Campbell Johnston. G'day, mate. How are you? Good, thanks, Dom. Yourself? Yeah, very well. Thank you so much for coming over for an episode. No, first, th- thank you for the invitation. It's been great. First of all, first of all, fr- former front rower. What the hell do you know about running? <laughs> you run these days? Actually, you, uh, you do look like a runner these days, but you didn't back in the day. No, yeah, I've lost a lot of weight. Um, I guess I just went back to my normal size. Um, as my mother says, she um, now thinks she's got her son back. Now I've lost all my weight because, yeah, you know, I was always never a huge man when I was growing up or when I was um, starting off with rugby, but um, to play the position and play in the sport, you've got to put some size on, so that was what I had to do. Yeah, because you were a prop. Yes, correct. Yeah. So your playing weight was? The playing weight was between 110 to 113 kilos. And what are you now? Who's sitting in front of me? So 86 kilos. So you're like the same as me. <laughs> 
That is, that's like a completely different person. Yeah. Um, there's, there's been a, a lot that's been happening um, for you since uh, January 30th this year when you did that um, Seven Sharp interview with um, Hillary. H- had, you, had you heard the phrase glow up before then? <laughs> um, no, no, no. I it's haven't. big on TikTok. I'm guessing you're not huge on TikTok. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not on TikTok yet, but uh, yeah, no, I hadn't heard the phrase that. Um, yeah. Uh, you know the interview was really good. Yeah. yeah, the interview was really good, and, and um, you know, um, full compliments to uh, Hillary Barry. She just made it so easy. Like she's a, just a, this ultimate professional, and she just made it very relaxed and very comfortable, and 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 and, and just wonderful for me to be able to do that with her. Yeah. Oh man, I'm so excited to get into get into all that. By the way, for anyone that um, isn't sure of the phrase "glow up," it's basically um, when you get better looking with age. Um, <laughs> well, you don't look like a front rower anymore. I suppose that's what people mean. All right, now, um, how close are you with Kieran Reid, one of the greatest All Black captains of all time? Uh, you reasonably, reasonably close. Yep. It depends on what you're going to read out. Um, well, they might, they might change my opinion. I, I sent uh, Kieran Reid a message yesterday, asking, uh, saying I was catching up with you and asking if he yeah. had any goss. Um, he refers to you as CJ. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, was that what your name was within the, yes. the team circles? Yeah. Okay. Awesome to have CJ come on. Yep, we crossed over for a couple of years. I will ask Corey Flynn, who knows him a bit, bit better, who might have a few yarns. What course? So Corey Flynn, he was an All Black at the same time as you. Played about, I, I think, 17 tests over a number of years. Yeah, so Corey and I, were, uh, yeah, we played a lot of rugby together, mm. both when we were um, age-grade stuff and then uh, in the Crusaders and, mm. uh, and then Canterbury and... and, um, and um, and a couple of uh, rep teams as well, the juniors and things like that. So yeah, does it yeah. does it make you um you, your palms getting sweaty there? Well, <laughs> Corey yeah. Flynn, I, <laughs> I wasn't too concerned to see Karen Riggs. I knew Karen, nice guy. Yeah. yeah, nice guy. But when when you mentioned Corey's name, then I was I was like, oh, hang on a minute, this is, <laughs> the whole thing's changed here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dom's ambushed me with this one. <laughs> um, so uh, Karen Reid went on to say, uh, to be honest, CJ was probably the last person you'd think. That would be gay. He enjoyed the drinking, putting on social events with a few other boys. His flat with Scott Hamilton was where all the parties were at. Knowing now, it must have been bloody hard for him, but to me at the time, he was just a great teammate who seemed to enjoy the booze more than others. (laughs) Now... I was, yeah. I, was think, I was I was I was I was thinking about that um, earlier this morning before you came in, and I don't. Have you had therapy over the years at all? You've been done no. therapy, no. no. I've done, so I've done a bit of therapy. So when you've done a bit of therapy, you tend to, well, at least I do. I tend to think, well, how would a therapist frame this? Mm-hmm. So maybe this is just completely overthinking it. But there's two ways. Uh, two ways that I looked at it. Maybe you were drinking a lot at the time because you were masking, or maybe like you were, you were just doing what you could to be the definition of what you thought like a big manly man was like like being a front rower being a successful rugby player drinking a lot of piss yeah i mean the people have asked that and and brought that up before but to be honest you think about the time that i was playing and the time i was coming through there was this transition from where it was amateur to professional and amateur and and at the time and and then the new professional still involved a lot of partying and and, and a lot of good times and the, the drinking was well not actually to mask anything but it was just because we were having fun like it was a part of the 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 so-called culture which as the years went on it's it's slowly you know it's toned down it's, it's yeah, had to because more it's professional sport but um yeah it was more so because of the fun aspect than than really any 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 masking i mean if it, yeah 
masking and getting drunk, maybe I would have just spilt something out or yelled something out or just, yeah. So I don't think it was masking, yeah. Yeah. More fun. Sorry, that's just me psychoanalyzing <laughs> without yeah. any formal qualifications yeah. at all. Everyone uh, loves, loves a good time. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rita went on to say, um, he sent a follow-up text this morning saying, sorry, mate, sorry, mate. got nothing out of Flinney. He said, <laughs> he said they weren't fit for broadcast. Have a good chat. Well, what uh, <laughs> Do you want to spill the tea on that one? Can you think of any story that wouldn't be fit for broadcast? Uh, no, I could, no, everything was pretty, pretty, pretty tame. I think we okay. just enjoyed a nice pint at the pub and uh, on after a game, and um, and then yeah, and everyone went home. And <laughs> that <laughs> end. <laughs> no further questions. Yeah. Okay, um, now. I, I need to I need to warn you. Like I may ask some dumb questions, and if or when I do, please know that I'm not trying to be a dumbass. I'm just curious, okay? Yeah, that's fine. Um, okay, so so Monday the 30th of January this year, uh, seven sharp interview with Hilary, Hilary Barry. Um, talk us through the process like le- leading up to that. Like when, uh, who did you speak to? <clears throat> when did you decide to do it with seven sharp? What was that process? Um, so, a bit of a backstory is that. Um, We'd, there's always media that was always asking and going to Joe Malcolm and 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 they always knew. And Who's they, Joe Malcolm? Joe Malcolm was the media liaison okay. officer for the All Blacks, and at the time when I was in Canterbury and Crusaders, she was media liaison there. So she's been a, a massive help and a big support. And um, and they always would come and ask and say, you know, we, we know it. We know there's Campbell is a, is a gay All Black. We, can we publish it? And that and it was always shut down because for me it wasn't it wasn't I didn't feel right in myself or, you know, secure in myself to do that. I wasn't happy with myself, so for me it, was, um, it wasn't the right time. And then last year we, I spoke with Rob Nickel from the Players Association and we had a discussion around this whole idea and how much it could really help people out there and, and, <clears throat> and people struggling with this. And, and I honest and, and naively just thought, well, I don't think it can. I'm pretty happy where my life is and, and, and that, and I am comfortable, but I don't think I can really help. It's just, you know, it's just little old, little old me. I you know, don't really have much. You are, you are little now. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. don't really have much to offer. And then we talked more about it, and it did become apparent that there is, you know, it, it could actually help. And then so Rob and I structured a, a little way that we thought would be best, which was just, visiting the super rugby teams and 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 telling a story and 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 that was it and then if the media caught on to it then you know that would be good if they didn't we just keep trucking along but then we thought we better bring in joe malcolm just to get a professional bit of advice on the media aspect and joe basically said you know we're a little crazy doing it that way and it's not really the best way and in and, and short words she just said you guys are just so stupid and um, <laughs> and then she said look you want to we want to actually just front the media and kind of pay them back the respect that they showed me and and um and joe by not um, outing me at the time. Oh, but come on! Like, like outing someone when they're not ready is yeah. like it's, it's a terrible uh, it, it thing is, to do. It is, but someone could have done it. Yeah, someone could yeah. have. Done it. And so the respect there, we she said we just make a, a public story, um, contact Hillary, ask if she's um, interested, and we do it that way. And that that way, they all can have it, and they can do what they they like with it. And so that was the the plan. So we uh, Joe contacted Hillary. Hillary was jumped on it. And um, 
the rest is the what you saw. So when, how, how long, it was a pre-recorded interview, so um, how, how long before the 30th of January was it recorded? So we recorded on the Monday morning of okay. the 30th of January, oh, and then it went okay. live that night. Oh, so you didn't have like weeks to sit and no, tune over no, it? No, okay. it was str- straight away, and there was um, a couple of thoughts behind that. One was, I think, uh, Hillary and that didn't want it leaking. Um, we had to keep it, you know, very secret from a lot of avenues, and it was just going to be coming straight away, bang, bang. So, so it sounds like it was a, like the worst kept secret. You said some media had been sort of hounding the NZRU for, for years. Yeah. So you... It's a strange thing, isn't it? Because, uh, like, um, I used to work with a guy called Mike Peru, who uh, we worked together, did a breakfast show for years and years and years. And he, like, he he came out on the air one day, um, but he, I mean, he wasn't really in the closet before that anyway. And the respect that he, his family knew, his friends knew, all his workmates knew, mm. but he just had that final step to, like, I suppose, be honest with his radio audience. It sounds yeah. like it was sort of the same with you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for me, it was like the final step just to have closure. You know, you no longer have that. Uh, cloud hanging over your head even though your family your friends your teammates everyone knows and it's all old news but just to you know lay to rest of that final piece and it and it does give you yourself peace you feel lighter yeah you do you you know you have final closure on Mm. the matter and 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 the other thing was you know we can possibly help people and and even when we did we talked and even if it was just helping one person you know then it's it's been rewarding Mm. and but the real sense of it it's actually helped a lot of people by all the messages and 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 uh and that that i've received from people who you know who have left the game of rugby or left a sport because they didn't feel included or they didn't feel that they were a part of it because they struggled with their sexuality Mm. um now they're actually looking Thinking to come back into that support, into that sport, either as a uh, a fan or a spectator, but or you know getting back involved in actually playing that sport, which is really cool, mm-hmm. and it's it's something really rewarding for um everyone, you know, if, if people are considering to come back into sport. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, so the the story goes to where you, you're sitting at home watching it with your partner. Uh, mm-hmm. who, who else? You have like a room full of people, or no, just the two of you? No. So we. Um, How are you feeling? You're shitting yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, no. I wasn't. I wasn't really. I was. I mean, because Hillary just made it so easy. Yeah, like yeah. that was the beauty of yeah, it. Yeah, but that's one thing. You do the interview with Hillary, but then it's like, okay, it's time for it to go to air, and now everyone's going to see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Um, so we were just in in the hotel room in Christchurch. We watched the, the interview, and yeah, it was like okay. I sort of probably hid under the bed while the interview went, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, and then um. Then we went out and had a couple of drinks with um, a few friends um, that we'd organised and that, and um, yeah, that was it, really. <laughs> and th- yeah, then, then, then what, your, your phone's blowing up? Um, <laughs> yeah. Did, like, yeah. Like what, yeah, I mean, yeah, like what happened that evening? Did, did, like obviously, you felt different yourself, like it's a massive sort of weight off your shoulders, um, but yeah. what was the, like, the, re- the external reaction like? Um, the external action was was incredible. Like the the um, it it spread around the world like wildfire. Like the phone was just um, you know pinging all day, all night, just kept nonstop of people. You know, once you know when Europe woke up and were seeing the story because mm, like on the Guardian um, and things. Yeah, because the um, all the media outlets just ran with it, like BBC, CNN. I mean, and for me, like I honestly, I didn't really think it would spread that. Far, I was probably again naive. I thought maybe we'd we'd hit the New Zealand public 
in a mass and then maybe in a greater international sense we might hit the Australian rugby public I thought that may have you know that would have been about it but it wasn't and um and funny enough Rob and uh, Joe they both knew it was going to go wildfire but they didn't tell me that and they just uh just told me that yeah when i said oh we might just do new zealand and they were like yeah yeah you might and like, no such thing anymore right you do yeah. one yeah yeah they're like this kid has no idea <laughs> campbell hasn't heard of the internet yeah. and well and, and the other thing is because i'm i've always been naturally quite a shy and 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 reserved person that um they probably knew if they told me that it was going to go like that that i I'd probably run for the hills and hide again. <laughs> yeah, do you think, um, I mean, obviously it's been like a positive reaction and there's been so much love and so much support and, and all of that, but if they said to you, it's going to be massive, it's going to, everyone around the world's going to know about it and people are going to reach out from you that you don't know from a bar of soap, do you think you would have maybe not done it? Um, no, I, I, I joke about that, but um, I, I still would have um, because I was, you know, I'd made made my mind up um we talked with i talked with my partner and everything and we we were very happy to do it and um i had the strong belief and i said to joe and, and rob you know we we don't want to just open the door and then walk away mm. we want to open the door and stand by it and 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 that's how we're going to get real traction to help people by standing by there and 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 supporting people as they as as they need or yeah. just yeah getting out there and, and did you did you hear from any old teammates yeah, yeah, I heard from a lot of them. I mean, they all... Did they know? Yeah, a lot of, yeah, all of them knew, so they all just... And the more I, the things I heard from them was message of support and just comments, and you know, like they, they know how private I am and things like that, and they just would, would say, like, you know, well done, it's a really good move, you've done well, and, um, yeah, considering how private you are, and, yeah, so that was that was nice, yeah. Yeah, why, why are you so private? Is it just how you've been? It's just do, how do, do, been. do you think you've changed as you got older and more comfortable in your own skin? Um, no, I, I think I still still am pretty reserved and pretty private. Um, um, I guess, yeah, I guess I just grew up in the you know, stranger danger situation. <laughs> Parents just brought me out well to be stranger danger, keep away from people. Um, yeah, no, I've always been very reserved and, and very quiet. Um, but I think, yeah, once I get talking and that I, I open up a bit more yeah oh no you're well I, I given that you're um, a private guy i do appreciate you coming on the podcast today <laughs> no no it's quite all right it's, it's good it's awesome and did um yeah i know i, I appreciate it because like as you said like from doing the tv thing and from doing things like this I, by the way i promised the I, I i said to myself this morning i said oh maybe a third maximum will be about the sexuality because you're, you're so much more than just that but it's real fascinating quite stuff right. and it's, yeah no, it's uh, all right you just ask what you like okay. it's all good and again if it's a dumb question tell me it's a dumb question and we'll move on <laughs> Um, did any other um, All Blacks past or present reach out to tell you that they're gay or bi? Um, no, no, no. Because no. um, you, you went to an all boys school, you went to Linda's Linda's yes. Sun College. Yeah. And it, so, what years were you there? Was it in the nineties? Yeah. So I was there. Um, must have been ninety three to ninety seven. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, I went to I went to um, Palmas North Boys High um, oh, in yeah. the, the very late eighties, and yeah. um, I look back now and. The homophobia was rife. Like every day, every day, someone would use the F word or the H word, yeah. and I'm I'm sure I look back now, and I'm sure I did it as well because everyone did it. It was just yeah. the go to. So when I was at school, there was say a thousand boys there. So on a conservative side, there'd be fifty gay boys, or you know maybe more likely a hundred or hundred and fifty. 
not one person would ever identify as being gay because it was no. just like the homophobia was just that rife. It would be, oh, yeah. be the, the worst. Did, it feel, did you know then, like at high school age? Or yeah. still? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I did. I, was, I, I reckon it was around about when I was maybe 15. Yeah. You know, like um, yeah, the example that sort of springs to my head is I, I remember friends and that, you know, talking about how pretty or how gorgeous these girls are and 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 that and then in my head I'll be like are they but I don't find that <laughs> you know yeah, Pamela weird. Anderson oh, yeah, I don't know I don't oh, see it okay. <laughs> she's got nice hair <laughs> who was it for you because my, my co-host that I mentioned before Mike Padu he, he said for him it was like a David Hasselhoff Baywatch thing he was like <laughs> it, was the, it was the dudes in Baywatch that he was like oh okay something's going on here <laughs> was there any like celebrities for you that you remember um, no not that I remember <laughs> but um, I think everyone watched Baywatch Baywatch yeah. is probably uh, quite a um uh, how would you put it? Like quite a, um, a for a gay or hetero person to watch. It was quite. Yeah, it was just a very sexual show. Yeah, yeah, that's the way. Yeah, anyone who's yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. you could watch and take from what you like. So, so you're um, you're um, so who who did you come out to first? Like, was it your parents? So, yeah, or? I I came out to my parents first, and when was that? That was of oh, maybe when I was. 22, 23, around that age. I, I can't quite remember. Is that, is, is that quite old? I feel like it's quite old by maybe today's Oh, you did. Today's lens. Probably yeah. Probably old for today's standards. It probably was quite normal for back then. Was that hard, plucking up the courage to do that? Or? Um, well, I kind of made a, a, a track in, in my mind, a decision in my mind, and, and I had two options, I thought, because I love rugby. Yeah. It was either... I one I stopped playing rugby, or two I come out because I had all this anxiety building up, and and then I looked at it and was like, well, number one's not going to going to happen because I love rugby too much, so I'm not going to stop playing mm-hmm. rugby. So I guess I'm just going to have to tell someone, and so that was my thought process, and away I went, and uh, I just sat down at dinner one night and told mum and dad, and um, it was um, yeah, it was quite. I guess surreal, really. It was almost like nothing had happened. and like Just underwhelming. For you, yeah. I'm guessing it took a lot of courage to get to that moment. Yeah, yeah. So you were building it up in your mind to be a massive... Oh, you do, you do. You just build up all this stuff, which isn't isn't really real. It's just all in your head. And when you know the, when it comes to the real stuff, you know, it's, it's just a bit of a... Bit of, bit of a bit of a letdown in the, <laughs> in the best in the best yeah, in way. The best way. It was, you know, it was like I just told them we run out of milk and, and, and go get some. And, and, and I think mothers always know. And, and mum was like, "Well, oh, yeah, okay." It's kind of new, and I was like, "No, you didn't." <laughs> <laughs> and your, your dad was he kind of the same? Or, yeah, dad. Yeah. Nothing, nothing favors faces him. I'm very lucky. That my parents are very laid back and yeah. very, very grounded people, and you know they just. Carry on. I yeah. Mean, oh, that's so yeah. cool. I, cause I, I have got some friends that um, when when they told their parents, uh, especially one friend of mine that's quite religious, like his parents' initial reaction was like shock and horror, mm. and they wanted to get the Bible to pray for their son. Um, but they, they thought out in time. Yeah. They, yeah. It, it, often it just takes uh, – there's an initial shock period, and it takes time. Yeah. But, I think I think everyone – I think you've got to – you know, you you know when you do something like that or you, you go for it, I mean, you've got to also – be prepared that you've got to give time to, for people to process the, the information you've given them. I mean, some people um, process quickly, some people process slowly. And, um, and I think if you're, if you're 
aware and, and you give people the the time and the space, then you know most people come to the logical yeah. conclusion. <laughs> so you you may want to tell me to piss off for this one. Um, your your early sexual encounters, guys or girls? Um, it was girls early, yeah. Yeah. What, just like trying to sort of convince yourself or trying to override the... Oh, I, I guess just just um, just towing the line, really. Yeah. You know, just trying to conform to that I- ideal world, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a crazy thought, that one, eh? <laughs> yeah, it it's, is. It's a, it's a crazy thought because that's, that's like that, that, that's the norm. So even though you you know in your, in your DNA it's not what you're into, but you yeah. want to force yourself to be into it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting one, and I guess it's it's all a part of you know, experimenting and, and finding out. And I guess mm. it's a part of also um, just clarifying and, and reassuring in your mind that that it's it's it is what it yeah. what it is, and yeah. it's and it's definitely not that that you like, and it's the other space that you like. I mean, yeah, I think I think everyone probably goes through that thought process and and that that um, exploring. You know, on on uh, numerous occasions when they're going through it. Yeah, and um, who did you have to look? I'm ge- I'm guessing like one of the the only person I can think of that you'd have to look up to, like um like a hard man in sport that was gay was Ian Roberts. You know, the mm. the manly Sea Eagles league player from the nineties. Yeah. Was there anyone else? Anyone else that you could identify with that was like like gay and successful in a like a contact sport? Yeah, no, no, I don't think there was anyone else. I remember Gareth Thomas. Came out the, oh, the Welsh, Welsh guy. rugby guy, yeah. but I can't remember when he came out. I can't remember the exact dates on that, but yeah, Ian Roberts was a, was a big one. Um, yeah, because he was a he was a tough he was hard guy. man. He no, was, he was uncompromising. Yeah, he was yeah. a badass. Yeah, yeah. Um, so your your partner who you've been with for like a year and a half, he's um, sitting in the other room just just watching this. Um, how did you guys meet? Um, oh, we met. Um, a few years, a few years ago, um, at a, a bar in um, in Cambridge, um, and then we've been sort of friends ever since. Um, and we've both um, lived overseas, and um, you know, we've lived overseas separately in separate lives, and 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 then and then um, both have come back, and yeah, that's been history now. Both come back and sort of picked things up. Really? Yeah, that's fantastic. Was was he part of the cat? Like the, the obviously you discussed him, you know, doing the seven sharp thing and yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, yeah, he was part supportive of the discussion. Yeah, yeah, and and we talked about that and talked about how we'd pursue it and and um, yeah, and obviously that was a part that we'd try and you know keep private and because you've got to have some things private in yeah. this world and that. So yeah, so but he's been really supportive and um, couldn't ask couldn't ask you know anything more from. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Someone. Yeah. Did you ever dabble in the apps? You ever go on Grinder or anything like that? I, th- I think every um, I think every gay guy dabbles in grinder. I yeah. think it's just um, one of these things. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's an interesting app. But, um, did, did you have a, like a type? You know, you can t- they have like a list a selection, and you can uh, tick your type. There's like um, beer, twink, discreet, leather, rugged. Pause. What's a pause? Do you know what a pause is? Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. But did you have a type? Um, I don't know. Um, no, I never. I, I don't think you. Well, probably when I dabbled in it was a few years ago, and I don't know if you could. Do oh, that they didn't or, have that. Yeah. Or may, maybe you had to pay for that. that <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm on premium. Yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. I'm premium. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I have a very specific. I, I've um. I, 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 I think I'm 100% heterosexual, but that was until um, uh, winter of 2004 when um, Dan Carter did the jockey campaign. Oh, and right, then, I, yeah. uh, then I had some questions about my own yeah, sexuality. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, funny story about Grinder <laughs> yeah. is that um, I played for, um, in France, I played for uh, Brits, Brits, Brits Olympic, the, the Bayo, the, the team in the top 14. Mm-hmm. And um, two years ago, I think it's two years ago, <clears throat> They got a new um, a new jersey and short sponsor, and it's Grinder. So it's Grinder on their shorts and Grinder on their jersey. The, As the, gay, in the, the app, gay, yeah, the gay app. <laughs> and um, and I got these um, and I got texts from my friends that I played with in Baritz and their rugby mates, like saying, "What have you done?" <laughs> Uh, this was like a couple of years ago, like and texting like, "Man, you you'd have loved to be there now. You would have got a free script and all this premium, like gold member subscription." Yeah, so um, yeah, it, uh, it's quite. Yeah, it was quite funny to see that, especially it's plastered on the back of their shorts grinder. <laughs> oh, how good! Yo, yeah, that's better than more FM on the on the, the Crusaders shorts, isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, let's let's talk about your rugby career. So, were, were you like naturally good? Or did you just work really hard? Um, I think it was probably it was probably a combination of both, but more so probably more hard work. Really, I mean, because I wasn't a big guy, so <clears throat> I had to um, you know work hard to be big. Um, I wasn't wasn't the most skilled person on the field, so I kind of had to find a position that that at the time wasn't as skill based as in. Um, um, you know, with hand-eye coordination, but was more um, technical-based, and I found I was able to um, pick up technique and, and learn technical-based things a lot easier and, and be able to um, strengthen my game through scrummaging and, and things like that. Well, that's that's interesting. So are you sort of saying you just had this um, like red-hot burning desire to be a really good rugby player, and you ideally you would have been like a, I don't know, like a number 10 or something, but... You didn't have the skill, so you just made yourself big, so you could get in the team somehow. Uh, yeah, yeah. So wow. basically, yeah, basically, I just had this um, desire, and <clears throat> and um, people knew that, like coaches knew that all I wanted to do, and and was play the game. My parents knew, and like, for example, my dad would, um, if I didn't get a when I was younger, if I if our games were called off because of uh, the rain or something like that, I was just a you know, the worst kid to have in the house. Like, it's just a nightmare. I'd, I'd hate to have be around me. And so my dad would, um, he was obviously frustrated and angry and was like, I've got to get this kid out of the house. And he would, 
ring round friends and other um, grades higher and say, oh, he gone, so-and-so, do you need a player? Uh, do you need an extra one? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, we could. Yep. Okay, I'll bring him down straight away. <clears throat> and then he'd get me games on the weekend when there were no games. So I was pretty lucky. And then um, with the... Uh, with the the um, the changing of position, I used to play number eight, and then uh, first team coach at Lindisfarne, Grant Gilbert, in a polite way said that you know you're not going to be tall enough and you're probably not going to be big enough to play number eight. But and he said and you you know you need a little bit of work on your skills, but basically if I wasn't skillful enough to play number eight. Mm. He said, um, how about you try the front row? And uh, he said that would be probably something you'd enjoy and handed me a, a, a magazine that they'd done a feature article on the prop Jason Leonard who was an English prop and um, he was uh, highly highly regarded as one of the, you know one of the best props in the business at the time and um, he had a big article and, and all these hints and techniques and all that and so I, I read that came back and said yeah okay I'm going to do that and then just pursued it <laughs> that is amazing it's an it's an unsexy position isn't it like you, you do all you do all the work and you get zero glory like, that, that's true, it is that's it's a horrible that's horrible true. job being a prop yeah. that's an amazing god you, you and me our, our childhood paths were very different um I um I was made to play like um barefoot rugby when I was a kid by my parents and I would just like we were a religious family um and I would like pray to Jesus on Sunday morning that, that, that we'd, the can, we'd listen to the cancellations on the radio and I'd pray that it'd be cancelled so I could stay at home in front of that gas heater and watch what now oh so you got my games <laughs> I was wondering who did that yeah oh no I just I, I hated it I had, I had pockets with shorts on mum the coach got mum to sew them up because it was so cold I'd have my hands in my pockets yeah. you and me very very different upbringings yeah. okay so so that, where, where was that Hawke's Bay Hawke's Bay you grew up yeah Hawke's yeah. Bay uh, Waipakarao out in the country um, Wanstead, so it was about uh, half an hour out of Waipak. Right. Um, did you know? Did you know Israel Dag and um, um, is that Guildford? I think he was from that area as well. Yeah, they? about they, the same age as you. No, no, they're a little bit older. But I, I, I did know Israel a little bit because he went to the same school. He went to Lindisfarne, the same. So we sort of, um, I he was well. I was well out of school by then, but we sort of crossed paths on a few things and that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so um, and Zach. Um, I, he was coming into the um, Crusaders in Canterbury as a time I was just sort of leaving. So, so oh, okay, I so you didn't know, know him through Hawke's Bay connections or anything? No, no. no. So, so when did you start like realising you were really good and um, the prop thing was going to work for you? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I'm not too sure. It was probably, um, it was probably like when I played the first of Dean and at school <clears throat> and then made a few teams and um yeah i was making rep teams as a prop um so yeah i was sort of realizing oh yeah okay so this is this is working out mm. um but yeah yeah so it would have been you know maybe at school and that that i sort of thought this was going to um um work out but but you know to be honest like even if i didn't make teams i still would have kept pursuing it because i just had this i guess you call it a pig-headed attitude that um, <laughs> I'm going to make this work no matter what. Yeah, I, I guess you love rugby that much. Even if you c- couldn't make it to the professional level, you would have kept playing it. But w- yeah, what, what would you been do- what would you have been doing? What was plan B? So I didn't make rugby. Yeah. I went down, I, I studied at Lincoln University um, and I did a BCom evaluation and um, property management. 
Um, you are way too smart to be a prop. <laughs> <laughs> all props are smart. Right? Are they? All smart ones, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You've got to defend your type. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then so I, I suppose I, I would be pursuing, would have pursued that a, a lot more. And um, if not that, then maybe um, uh, I said on a previous podcast, then maybe I'd be working on some fishing charters, doing some fishing charters, taking people deep sea fishing. Sounds like a pretty good job. Oh, it doesn't sound like a bad job. <laughs> Isn't that what Carl Heyman's doing? Could be, yeah. I think he's doing something be, like yeah. that. So um, you were in the Crusaders first? Was that the first? Uh, what was the Canterbury, first? Canterbury. Canterbury, Canterbury and then okay. Crusaders, yeah. So that was that. Oh, so that was when you were still studying at Lincoln? Uh, yeah. I was coming to the end of my, uh, my degree. It was around I was 21, so I was just finishing up, maybe graduating. Yeah, maybe maybe half a year or something to fix up. <laughs> yeah. So what year was what year was that that you first made Canterbury? Two thousand and one and two thousand and two. So. Okay. So who, who who was the coach and who were you playing? Was it Robbie Deans? No. Um, Ozzy McLean, and I think Ian Mallard, and and also I think Rob Penny. I can't remember. It was it was a combination of those three. It was definitely Rob Penny for the remainder of my time with yeah. Canterbury, and then with the Crusaders was um, Robbie Deans, and that year was, uh, I think it was Don Hayes. Right. And then Don Hayes uh, moved on, and then Vern Cotter came in and was there for the three or four years, and then I think Mark Hammett was my last year. Yeah, right. But Robbie Deans was the constant. <laughs> yeah, how was he? How influential was he on your career? Uh, he he was awesome. Like Robbie's a, a, an awesome coach. Um, he's, he has an amazing ability of, of bringing a team together, like creating a culture, theming of a team, and just getting everyone on the same page and, and everyone working towards the same goal. Um, so yeah, no, he's he was yeah he was incredible. What happened with him in Australia? Why did he suck so much over there? Was that intentional <laughs> on his part? Do you think? <laughs> maybe maybe it was intentional to make make, loyal. make me better. Yeah, 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 he's just a yeah. loyal guy. Um, no, I. I I don't, I don't know, and, and all I can look at is that it, it was a combination. Because if you always look at the Australian super teams, their super teams actually do quite well, and they've mm. got really good players. But for some reason, when you put them all together in the Australian team, they they, they just don't. It doesn't seem like they gel together very yeah, well. Not as cohesive. Yeah, which is it's it's kind of bizarre. I I, I don't know. Yeah, but um, it would have been a, a tough, tough, tough time for Robbie and a tough gig to do. But you know. Oh, and I, I remember at the time it was um, the media made it out to be this uh, like a huge grudge match, like um, mm. Ted versus Robbie, didn't they? Yeah. It was like one coach against the other. Yeah, which must have been incredibly stressful for both of them. Oh, exactly. I mean, he's you know Robbie pursuing a you know his 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 um, career and, and a passion and, and he probably, you know, he wanted to coach international and he wasn't given the opportunity uh, with the All Blacks so he took another international job, you know, which is, you know, everyone mm. in, their, in their own fields always want to pursue higher honours and pursue, you know, more challenges. Um, so, yeah, you just have to let people do that. It's like players when they go overseas, they, they more or less want to go because they, um, you know, need a new challenge, need a mm. new refreshing start, or you know, or they want want to, um, you know, just test test the waters in another competition. Yeah. Mm. Did you play with Scott Razor Robertson? Was it, did your careers overlap, or was he before? Yeah, you? they they overlapped in our, in my in his last. Year or two years, and 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 when I was starting, yeah. How was he? 
What was he like? Because you see him now as a coach, and I know the breakdancing thing, he keeps to a minimum now, and I really hope he doesn't lose that when he, you know, is the the, the all-black coach, because I think it's it's wonderful and beautiful. I know there's some old purists that you'll hear on Talkback that, you know, say he's not fit to be a coach for that reason, which is just (laughs) dumb. Yeah. So I can't imagine how much fun he was as a player. Yeah, no, he was a great guy. Like, he's all that energy that you see with him – with his team and that, you know, as a player, you can probably times that by 20 when he was a player. He just so much energy and so much, you know, life about him and, and just so positive. Um, it's just, yeah, he's just incredible. And I, I think it's a, a great opportunity and it's a great way that maybe New Zealand rugby and rugby public, we can, we can you know, maybe put some life into the press conferences after the games. Oh, he's a unique character, isn't he? And um, and the other thing is, like, I'm I'm actually really happy for Scott and um, because the other thing is, is is how hard he has worked to get where he, he mm. has. Like, I, I don't think many people know, like, he, he would be, he coached some of the rugby club in um, Christchurch for many years and he just learnt his the trade of coaching and turned up and helped schools and he and he um, helped the Canterbury team with tackling and that all in positions that you know weren't paid it was just giving up his time to just 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 perfect his skill and his ability and to pursue a, you know a dream that he wanted was to you know be, be a professional coach and to be coaching the Crusaders and 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 where he is now so you know it's 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 just awesome to see his dream and goals through hard work he's achieved it mm. yeah. do you have any, any um old memories about him that you're able to share is there anything that springs to mind no no he, he you're closing was, ranks i reckon <laughs> you, you've got something you're just not sharing no, it no i don't have anything I don't have any <laughs> always, you've always got to be careful when you share things because others have information <laughs> oh yeah, yeah 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 you've it's an exchange be, yeah it's an exchange yeah. Okay, so you so you're um then super you're you're in Canterbury and then the super rugby. How many super rugby titles did you win? Uh, three. What's that like winning your first super rugby title? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty cool. Like it's an awesome feeling. Um, yeah, especially because you 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 know you're doing something that all your teammates and you have all brought into. You've all bought into the same idea. You know, we've all been on the same path, the same you know the same road. You've gone through all the strange, same struggles. You know, the preseason, the you know the uh, the trainings, you know everything. You've experienced highs and lows, and then you finally come out on top. So um, yeah, it, it's it's really mm. awesome. Yeah, because your your career has overlapped with some of the best New Zealand rugby players that we've we've ever seen. You played with Dan and Richie as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I was, I was very lucky to um, play with so many good players and so many skillful players. And it's it's funny because you you play with good players and they you know they make you look good. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been early in Richie's career, or sort of in the middle of his career. No, it was in the same. Like Richie was uh, Richie and I were around the same right. age, so it was um yeah around the, the same age. We played age grade together as well, under nineteens and Colts. He's in under twenty ones mm. as well. So um yeah, all in the same same uh, age. Group. I'm not even going to ask you if you've got any Richie stories because I, I think I saw this in maybe this was in his movie Chasing Great, or maybe it was in the Dan Carter movie, but. Dan was Dan said somewhere on the record that the only conversations he ever had with Richie when they were in the All Blacks together were rugby related. He was like that hyper fixated on his job as captain and the the job in hand. Was oh, yeah. that your experience with Richie? 
I yeah no he was um yeah he's super focused and and you know and and, and such a, a role model such a leader that um you you can only but you only you only can be in, inspired and motivated by him um yeah so yeah he's he's a really amazing guy yeah and in terms of like I'm um, staying fit after career like uh, you and him are probably two of the fittest right in terms of like like trimming down and uh, looking like shadows of your former self yeah. um yeah no I. I I'd say he'd be a lot fitter than me. He's out doing adventure running and racing and all that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't tend to get out and do that too much. What do you do these days? What are you doing to keep in shape? Looks like you hit the gym a little bit. I uh, do, yeah, a little bit of gym. That's 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 really about it. And then um, just don't eat so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you, to be a prop to you, you have to eat a lot of food. Yeah, yeah. I, um, well, especially for me, it was an incredible amount of food. Like I used to have to send a, um, an alarm at midnight. And have a and drink a protein shake in the you know in the middle of the night, just to try and keep the weight. When up. like on on game week or just all every day. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I didn't I didn't go out to the kitchen and use the blender and blend it up and wake up the whole house. Oh, you had it I made and, <laughs> and like sitting next to the bed, yeah. or yeah, you, you still take protein now. Uh, yeah, a little bit just after gym and that, but mm. uh, not too much. I've sort of yeah. drifted away from. Eating so much, it's uh, yeah, it's been quite relaxing. Not even to uh, shove food into your mouth every two hours. Oh, I bet. Well, I'm not <laughs> sure what you take now, but Radix Nutrition do some of the best proteins on the on the market, and I highly swear by their banana and their coconut flavour in particular. I'll tell you what, we'll get you some. <laughs> oh, thank you. They sponsor the podcast. <laughs> so yeah, so what does an average day look like when you're when you're a prop in terms of diet? So protein shake at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we could, we probably start at breakfast, and, and you know the breakfast I used to start with um, oatmeal porridge um, and two boiled eggs um, and a protein shake, and then go off to training. Um, then at training, we've got snacks throughout the day, throughout the training morning. So you've got you probably have another protein shake in there as well, plus plus um, some tuna and crackers. I think is always there and then um, uh, be a lunch. Um, there'd be chicken or some sort of protein meat or and with some carbs, and then there'd probably be another shake just to add another level to it, <clears throat> and then um, be a, another snack in the afternoon and. Um, then dinner, and then another snack. Oh my snack. god, I'm exhausted. Just yeah, I feel another, sick just hearing. Another this. snack before bed, and then bed, and then wake up and have a, have a, have a protein shake at midnight. Oh my night. god, that's awful. So, so who are you flatting with at the time? Uh, Kieran Red mentioned you were flatting with Scott, um, yeah, Scott so, Hamilton. Who was, yeah, uh, so that would have been in um, yeah 2002. It was, it was Scott Hamilton and um, big uh, Kevin O'Neill. Kevin O'Neill was a, a Crusader lock and and All Black. Um, yeah, we used to, we flat. The neutral bullet must have been getting a workout in that flat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Um, how many did we decide? Three, three Super Rugby titles, mm. yeah, which is phenomenal. And then um, uh, the All Black career, All Black number one thousand and fifty six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, as, as I said before, when I went to Boys High, um, about a thousand boys there. Apparently, zero boys were gay at, at that time. <laughs> so the All Blacks as well. You'd have to assume out of you know your 
the first to come out openly as gay at number 1056, but there must have been many, many more before then mm. who, for whatever reason, well, yeah, what or, the time or, wasn't right. You know, statistics are an interesting yeah. thing, but, you know, you can't hang your hat on them. I mean, yeah. it could have been, a, you know, it could, I could, there might not have been one, you know, there might not, they might not, people might have not continued playing the sport or something like that. Yeah, so that's it, true. It could, you know, reality, um, yeah, it could be only one, but, um, as you said, statistically speaking, it's not true. There might be me. Do you remember that moment? Like, we are you in the All Black frame? Do, do you feel like you're a you're a shot when the um, selections announced? Or how do, how does that happen? What's that moment? It must be a bloody special moment. Yeah, yeah, it was. So it was in Napier, and we just um, done the All Black trial. You know, I think it was the Possibles versus the Probables. That's right. Yeah, back in the day. About, yeah, so that was back in um, 2005, and we'd done the trial match. I remember coming off the. The game, thinking, oh yeah, no, I ran around, had a, you know, I, I thought I'd had a pretty good game, and um, who were you marking? Who was your opposite? So it might have been Carl Hoft came on and said, I can't remember who was on the. It's all mm. quite a blur, but yeah. um, the um, the naming was um, after after the game, all the players are in a, from both teams are in a, in a room, and the um, they name the team. The All Black squad to the players. Before. Oh, immediately afterwards. Yeah, it was like three hours, two wow. hours. Like yeah. you had something to eat, and you went back to the hotels. Were all there, and they were all gathered, and then they just named the team. It must be around about I don't know eleven half past eleven mm. at night. Um, and they said, "Look, this is you know the squad, and these are the pe- people who are going to Auckland for the to prepare. Um, the rest of you will be going." To your, you know, your home destinations. It's like um, an episode of X Factor, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. And um, and you know, you do, we're not publicly announcing it until tomorrow, so don't say the media mm. or anyone. You, but you can tell your loved ones and that. So yeah, that was how that happened. Was yeah. that sort of pre-social? Must have been pre-social media. I feel yeah, like they, they no, wouldn't have that sort of level of no, trust now. No, no way. Yeah, there's no one. You no one, no one Snapchatting it or, <laughs> or posting it on yeah, Instagram. Instagram or, wow. Yeah, so okay. Yeah. So you find out that must be an exciting moment. Mm. And then. Uh, um, what happened? Who do you tell? Who are your loved ones that you tell? Well, because it was in Napier, um, obviously my parents were because I came from Napier. My parents yeah. were there, so I I went and um, went round to mum and dad's and, and I and I told told them. And again, it was just um, it was almost like I told them we'd uh, run out of milk. It was just oh, just it, underwhelming again. Just underwhelming. Oh my god, again. what like, gets those people excited? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, mum, mum was probably more happier than dad, and dad, mum gave me a, you know a hug, and and dad um, famously he, he um, carried on talking about um, that. I remember the topic because he carried on talking about the the reason why the ducks aren't breeding down by the by the ponds is because all these people keep feeding them bread and 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 mum was like oh you know your son just your son's just made the all black dad was like yes 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 <laughs> that's amazing is your dad yeah. a, is he a, is he a farmer yeah oh okay. yeah it yeah. sounds like a farmer it's yeah. hard to get them impressed yeah. about anything oh yeah I know. he he was he was impressed right and then. But, <laughs> Well, I, actually, when I talk about this to them, they 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 they, they claim that that wasn't how it happened. Fake no, news. we we heard you. We you know it was not like that. We were excited. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. just like how I told you I was gay. <laughs> like, oh, no, we were like that. <laughs> how many? Um, you you're one of how many kids? I've got two older brothers and uh, one sister. Right. Mm. And yet, have you seen your parents get like emotional about it? Like when your sister got married, I'm assuming she's got married. Did your dad cry? Or is he a, a, have you ever, ever seen him show emotion? 
Um, fun guys, like like all I'm basing this on is my uncle John, who's a dairy farmer. Like he was very very stoic, like the hardest man you could ever meet. But yeah. as he got older, he got soft around the edges and shows a bit of vulnerability now. Oh yeah, no, now now he's yeah, he's older. He's, he he's definitely shows a bit of emotion now. But um, when was the last time he he told you he loves you? Is he an emotional guy like that? Oh yeah, no, he yeah. was yeah he will say that oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that even that um, I mean because we we're a family, we didn't really say that. I mean, we always yeah. knew. You know, it was always unspoken. It was unspoken. You didn't have to, but yeah. then, and then, um, but I think, yeah, Mum always wanted us to say it. And then um, one day, I think Dad said it, and then I said it back, and then Mum was like, "Oh, finally!" And I said, "Well, Dad said it, so I guess I did." <laughs> he said it first. <laughs> yeah. How old so were you then? Oh, maybe 40, 40 years old. Oh my god! <laughs> no, wow. No, How old are you now? Kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but are you? I don't know. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh. I am kidding. No, no. It was, it was, a long, it was a, many years ago. It was finally, finally, it was all broken, and everyone said it. Yeah, oh, but you know, cool. it was one of these things. Like you didn't have to say it. It was an un. Yeah, you know. Thing. Yeah, you know. yeah. yeah. yeah well, actions speak louder than words, yeah. as they say. Okay, so so you make the All Blacks. Um, who's your, is your first test against uh, Fiji or the yeah. Lions? No, Fiji. Fiji. Yeah, yeah. I've got a question to ask you. You didn't start. You came on. Yes. Late in the game. How, yeah, okay. how, how many minutes did you play? I think I came off about 30 minutes. Okay, okay. so you, you played almost half the game. The All Blacks won that game 91-0. How did you manage to not score a try? Well, I think it just comes back to the position I was playing in a prop. and uh, Greg Somerville and Kevin Mialamu, they scored in that game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, they, yeah, they were gifted those tries. I think I, I think I, I think I helped set them up. What's that like? Your first All Black game is your is your stomach churning? Yeah, no, it's um, all I can sum it up is just with one, you know, just pure excitement for me. It was just pure excitement. Just you know, here here was the um, the the um, the black jersey that I'd um, been wanting and striving for for so long was just in my hands, finally in my hands, you know, and and, and it was just. Absolute excitement. What's what's that ritual? You, you get the jersey. The, is it the day before? The morning of? No, I, I, this one was it was um, hanging up in your locker as you come in to the um, stadium. So wow. when you come into the stadium, you see your locker, your um, your number where you sit, and it's it's there. Yeah. Mm. When you when you're not starting, do you do you get to go out and you get to go out and sing the anthem? You don't do the haka though. Uh, no, you yeah. do the oh, whole lot. You, yep. you do the haka, you do the anthem, and then you come back off the field and. And put your tracksuit back on and sit down. Are you in, in hindsight? Are you happy with your hacker performance? Um, room for improvement. Yeah, there's always room for improvement. <laughs> That's got to be the yeah. scariest thing. Like yeah. rug, rugby's rugby's what you do, and it's an instinct thing, right? And you've yeah. you've earned that spot and you've earned the jersey, but then you have to learn the hacker. And I'm guessing that doesn't necessarily come naturally. Yeah, well, it's it's funny because like, I think every kid in New Zealand knows the hacker, and I did know Kamati. But for for the life of me, and why it had to be when I made the All Blacks, they decided to bring in the new hucker <laughs> and had to learn a whole new one. So, and I'm, you know, dancing and coordination is not the best thing <laughs> at any you know any given moment. And so, I had in my head, right, okay, I've I've got comedy down, so we should be able to get through this. And next minute they go, oh, we're going to learn a new one, the cuppa. I forget what the name of it is, but we're going to do the new haka, and we're all going to learn it. And I was just like, "Oh no!" <laughs> Another thing to I worry about. I can't learn any dance moves. How am I going to learn this? And watch you. Yeah, they hide you in the back somewhere. Yeah, they yeah. did. And, you know, we had these um, 
hucker um hucker trainings and that in the evenings and that and then you know the not so good kids had to stay behind and <laughs> do extras and then the not so goods from that group had to do extras and then so I was yeah, I was running into the midnight still learning it. <laughs> who was your roommate? Can you remember who your roommate was for that first all black game? Yeah, it was um Anton Oliver. Well what and what are your recollections and memories from that first sort of all black camp and that first game? Just yeah, it was just ex- excitement. I mean um it was just one of the most mm. you know, intense intense trainings and just how how intense training was like it would go for like 40 minutes just so sharp fast bang boom done mm. on the bus you know and just the 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 pressure not the pressure but just the desire by everyone to actually fine-tune their skills and their abilities yeah. so, so, so they don't let the team down or don't let your teammates down yeah yeah it's just it's pretty special who was the coach at the time was that wayne smith no <clears throat> no uh, wayne smith was there uh, it was um graham henry um, okay. wayne smith graham henry steve hansen um, right uh, wow wow yeah three of the goats yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> unbelievable mm. so okay so 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 back then do, do um do they know about your sexuality? Do all the players know? Is it like the, an elephant in the room? Like looking back now, is it an elephant in the room sort of thing, or does everyone know and it's just unspoken? Um, a or? few, yeah, a few people knew. Um, not probably not everyone. Um, yeah, you just confide in some people, or yeah, just confide in some people, yeah. and then people just keep it private. Yes. And that, and to be honest, like that that environment, you're so focused on the upcoming game, and that there's 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 no time to think about. Anything else? Like, it's just full on rugby, which is awesome, you know. But um, yeah, but there's just absolutely no time to to mm. dwell or, or you know. To think you, about worry, you worry about that? Like, yeah, cool, yeah. mate. Good for you. Yeah. Now, learn the fucking hacker. Yeah, yeah. You still got to get the hacker down. Okay, so so you confide in some people and they're, they're fine with it. Does does that not give you like the comfort and security to think, oh, okay, if I if I if I come out now publicly, it'll you know everyone's going to be okay with it. Um. No, not not for me because I was still like the reason why I came out to people was to just take away that anxiety and that stress from me, and that was that was enough at the time. Um, and I still was uneasy yeah. about it, you know, in my own self. Like I still wasn't a hundred percent, you know, happy with me as that person. So to come out publicly would have been a, a, a massive step that I probably. Wouldn't have been able to yeah. handle at the time. Did it take its toll on your mental health over the years? Like hang on to the secret or, or not really? Um, you, you, we, I touched upon therapy before and you said you've never done any therapy. Mm, uh, yeah, no, I don't think it, it did. No. I, I, I kind of turned it into more of a driving force. In what um, way? In the way that um, if I had a bad game, I'd blame it on my gay side or it's because I was gay, I'd blame it that and that would you know, motivate me to train harder. So in a real strange sense, it became like a, a driving force behind me to, to, um, to achieve what I, what I, what I wanted. But as we all know, that's, that's, that's unhealthy. That's, yeah, it's really unhealthy and it's never going to end well. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like, like, like running away from it in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so there's that and that, that, that was why I decided to um, you know come out to a few people so I could get that off and and clear that up and um, move forward with it, which is um, has been 
better. Yeah, awesome. Because <laughs> there's a lot better ways to uh, motivate yourself than, uh, yeah. than, than oh, whatever, yourself, whatever works. Like, purpose, yeah. <laughs> no, no, you're self-loathing. It's <laughs> not, the, not the best way, isn't it? Richie didn't get to 148 <laughs> tests by self-loathing. Oh, yeah, so then you have two other tests against um, the, the British um, uh, Lion. So unbeaten in your, in your all-black career, three, <laughs> yeah. three games. Yeah, yeah. What are your, what are your recollections of those games? Um, the British and Irish Lions was incredible. Like just the whole um, campaign was amazing. Um, Is that when um, Johnny Wilkinson was in the team? Wilkinson was in the team. Was like the best yes. best player yeah, in the world was, at the time. I think he was yeah. The team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, yeah a lot of people, and and that was the <clears throat> it was like the um, I guess the litmus test for the um, New Zealand for hosting the World Cup was to be able to see if we could handle the inf- our infrastructures and systems and our our um, stadiums could handle you know the British and Irish Lions would then that you know help us to uh, host the World Cup. Yeah. So it was it was it was really really awesome. Like and the people that came out from you know the United Kingdom was incredible. And then just being able to test yourself in that um, in that field. Um, against you know the best of United Kingdom and and, and Ireland, you know is, is um, was um, pretty special. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the three jerseys, um, did you you swap them or you still have them now? What have you done uh, with them? I still have them. Yeah, um, they're at home. Um, my parents have them. So um, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't framed swap them. framed on a wall or in a box somewhere or. Uh, yeah, you probably, I think one is framed and it sits in the wardrobe. Uh, what do you mean in the wardrobe? In the closet? In the wardrobe. <laughs> in the closet. Yeah, it's not allowed to come out. <laughs> It'll come out when it's good and ready. Yeah, it's, it's just taking its time. <laughs> Don't rush these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, and, that's, and the, um, the other jerseys are in a, um, in, a, in a, I think they're in a chest, I think. Mm. They, they mean something to you? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, every time I go down to my parents, I always have a look at them. Yeah. Do you actually? Hmm. It's always nice to have a look and see them. And, and what do you think when you look at them? Just like, is it like a like a fuck year moment or, <laughs> or a, holy shit, these these are mine? Yeah, yeah. It's just a look. You just sort of think about the time and and how good it was and and um, yeah, and how awesome you know the All Blacks are and New Zealand rugby and and things like that and yeah. It's a pretty like oh, you were pretty fortunate, pretty pretty cool country. It's really cool to hear that they mean that much to you, mm. even after all these years. Yeah, I suppose there's two ways of looking at it. You could you could think I'm I'm bloody lucky because I had this opportunity and I've got three all black test jerseys, or you could think I'm unlucky because I've only got three <laughs> all black test jerseys. Is is there a part of you that thinks like that? Oh yeah, there, there, there always will be. Like, yeah, you know, there's always that um, rig. You know, I guess regret that you, that I didn't reset my goals, that I didn't, um, you know, um, reset my goals to go to, to stay and, and 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 be a be a be a great All Black and and not just be happy to have made it, um, you know, because I fell into that trap of of you know probably complacency. I'd made the team, and then I was like, oh. Team, yep, made it, done, cool. <laughs> Job done. Job yeah, done. Yeah, 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 Went yeah. to sleep and then, you know, <laughs> next thing, Ted's having a conversation to you, telling you that uh, you're not coming back next week. <laughs> what, did you play a bad game or? No, it was the, so it was the end of the uh, the Lions series and um, they um, have a meeting with, and 
had a meeting with me saying, you know, um, these are the things we want you to go away and work on. Um, we're building for a World Cup and, you know, we want to ex- probably have a look at a few other players, but we need you to work on these things. I um, want you to go back to your provincial union and work on those and we'll address it in, f- in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, and you, you went away and you, you didn't address the things? or Oh, no, yeah, you oh, go yeah. away and try and address them yeah. and, that, and then, um, you know... Um, and then it just comes down to the selector's choice yeah. and, and, and that. So. so you do everything that's in your power. but it's, mm, Yeah. Yeah, um, because yeah, I heard, um, I think it was an interview with Beaver, Stephen Donald, um, and he talked about, because you mentioned the great All Black thing, and he said, oh, when you become an All Black, they, they start drumming into you that you, you should strive to be a great All Black. Mm. And he said, the first time he heard that, he's looking around the room and he sees Dan Carter and he sees Aaron Cruden and whoever else, he goes, well, I'm fucked. I'm never going to be a great All Black. <laughs> Well, he is a great all Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, have a, we have a lot to thank. <laughs> well, 100% we do. And oh, so what's Graham Henry like? Is he intimidating to be around? Like when he walks into the room, do you find yourself, um, you feel like a schoolboy at school that's sitting up for the school principal? <laughs> or is he quite friendly and um, no, disarming? He's, he's, or? he's good. No, he's very friendly, very approachable. And um, yeah, no, he commands, you know, he commands respect when he comes into a room. And um, and everyone you know listens and, and and does what he what he tells you. But um, he's he's a he's a great guy. Yeah. Mm. Do you have like a, a best coach or a favourite coach through your career? Who's been the most influential? That's a good question. Um, Robbie. Yeah, R- Robbie was R- Robbie was inf- influential in the sense of uh, he was the overall coach. Um, Rob Penny. Um, in Canterbury, he was he was very um, influential in my career as as well because he was also he was a forge coach as well, so he um, yeah he helped me a lot with just um, general awareness around the field and, and things like that. So um, yeah, every every coach I've I've had has had their own bit of um, influence influence in in my in my career and the way I played, um, and because I was, I think I was very fortunate to have some you know countless amazing coaches mm. and and um, they've all you know influenced influenced the way I've played and, and certain aspects um, 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 really well with me and 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 I've been um, yeah lucky enough to be able to to get that knowledge and being fortunate enough to be able to absorb that knowledge and take it on board yeah <laughs> one thing people give you give you the knowledge and that is the other thing is to uh, accept and take it on board isn't it yeah i mean it's incredible that like the yeah you think of the coaches you've had and the players that you've been surrounded by like some of the best that the world has ever seen in the sport mm, yeah. yeah it's incredible eh? Mm, yeah very and, lucky and um outside of rugby how like how does the how's the second half of your life looking for you do you, do you want to you hope to get married at some point um, you want to get married at some point? Oh, we'll see how things go, I guess. Um, you know, see how things track along. <laughs> um, but, yeah, outside at the moment, things are going pretty well. You know, um, life's pretty good. <laughs> and what about a family at some point? Like, obviously, that, that comes with, like, you know, a set of hurdles and things. Yeah, I, uh, I haven't really, we haven't really got to discuss that part that much and um yeah not too sure about that one mm. never really thought about that i mean um yeah I've, uh, yeah I've, I've had fertility struggles so i can't have kids of my own so I, I always sort of imagined that i'd have my own family and then you know when it doesn't happen you have to sort of reframe the second part of your life but i mm-hmm. suppose um being a, a gay male maybe like you've never even sort of like thought about kids you just assumed it wouldn't be part of the plan yeah i suppose in, in part of my life I, I did assume that it wouldn't be a part of the 
plan, but obviously, you know, the way the world is yeah, now and, yeah. and there's so many different avenues you can explore with, um, you know, having kids, whether it be adopt, adopting kids or, or, or so what, you know, there's so many more um, ways that it can be possible. So um, Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And if anyone's listening to this that's um like you know young or youngish or actually actually even old and sort of grappling with their sexuality like they 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 know they're gay and that they haven't told anyone and they're not sure like how to go about it like what would your message be um my my, my message would be just pretty much like it's um there's no there's no rules or there's no law about coming out like you don't have to if if you don't if you don't feel it's right, then you don't have to do it. But if you feel like you, you you need to do it because you're you're under anxiety or stress, then look around and and find you know someone that you think is safe or someone you can confide in. And even if it's just telling that that one person, that one person might be enough for you. And if that's all you tell and and, and for the rest of your life, then that's fine. That's your decision. But if you want yeah. to pursue and tell more people, then um, yeah, do it. Um, and always make sure it's on your terms and, and, and in, in your best interest, not on in what other people want or if other people are pushing you. Yeah. Yeah. Has everything been done on your terms? Yeah. 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 In, in, in hindsight, like things have played out pretty good. Would you have done anything different if you could rewind the clock? Um, no. No, I don't, no? I, don't, I don't think so. I think it's all just, yes, yeah, it, you know, it kind of is what it is and it's all been taken with such um, – um, such, such love and respect and 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 support has just been phenomenal. So um, mm. yeah, I, I don't think I don't think we could could have even painted, a, you know, described a scenario or mapped it out like this. So it's 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 been really um, humbling. Yeah, has there been any sort of negativity or anything? Um, not that I can recall. I mean, there's no. always there's always some. Negative, but oh, you'd have to be you'd have to be a special sort of person, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, but you know, in the same in the same sentence, you, you know, you've got to respect their opinion. You know, here. no, no, I disagree. Yeah, you can disagree. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, but you've got to, you know, you got to give some respect to you know, people have their, their thing, and, and it comes down to timing as well. Like people take time to you know, yeah. process things and and that. So, mm. oh, I. Are you just sorry? Just like a, yeah, just an afterthought. So yeah, what we what were your thoughts or what was going through your mind a couple of years ago when the um, Israel Folau stuff was going on? Yeah, I, I can't really remember what was yeah. going on because I was in um, I was in Europe, so I didn't really. I remember a friend texted me something about it, but um, yeah, it's. Oh, I suppose if you're in Europe, you miss the whole news cycle here. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So, but you know, that's um, it's it's people's. Uh, it's people's opinions and that, which we, mm. you know, we kind of always going to have. So mm. it's just what it, what is. <laughs> yeah, God, I, I like it. You're, God, you're so cruisy about these things, eh? Like, there's <laughs> there's a lot of lot of other people, myself included, that'd be more outraged on your behalf. Like for anyone that's got a, like a negative reaction to it, because it's like, why do you fucking care? Yeah, but you know, you you can you can focus on that one person, or you can focus on the hundred or two hundred other great messages yeah. and support and stories that people tell you. I mean, for me, it's it's, it's so much easier to go through a hundred great messages and reply to a hundred messages that are for, uh, about support than sit down and reply to one about that's been negative. So it, don't even, it doesn't even 
crossed my mind to even look at that. Yeah, but it's, isn't it human nature that it's the negative one that jumps out from the page? Um, <laughs> I sort of find that yeah. like with comments on my Instagram feed. It's like, nice message, nice message, nice message, and then a mean message, and it's like, what? Yeah. And then suddenly I'm stalking their profile. And <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, 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 yeah, for me, not really. Yeah. I mean, and I'm a little bit wide the other way. I see like a, a negative message is like, whoa, we really are trying, we really are reaching people like if they've taken their mm. time and it's something they're not interested in and they've taken the time to put a post up then oh, we've really made it we've really made it <laughs> this is good yeah let's keep going out of the thousands of messages of um, love and support that you got after doing the seven sharp thing were there like any messages that like stand out and are sort of like imprinted in your in your mind that they had that sort of impact on you um, yeah, there, there were a few, and, and the main um, underlining tone of those messages were people that um, had stopped playing a sport that they loved and, 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 and were really passionate about for the reasons that they didn't feel safe, they didn't feel accepted in that sport, and, and their message, their, their you know, story was that now after you know, my coming out and my, my story, it's given them you know um, a little bit of faith back into sport and they're actually going to look at maybe watching it and becoming a fan again of that sport or even participating again. And, and that's really cool to see that people are actually now thinking, oh, okay, you know, I left a sport that I, I loved and, and enjoyed so much because of my sexuality, but now... I think I can go back to it and, 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 and really start enjoying it again, and, and that's something pretty cool. Oh, it's powerful stuff. Mm. Do you hope we get to the point in your lifetime where people don't even have to come out? Um, yeah. yeah. You I, reckon I, it'll so, happen? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think we'll normalise it very, very, very quickly. Like um, I was talking to um, Lincoln, Lincoln University yesterday um, in their sociology class, I think, and we coined the, 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 the fact about normalising it and we looked at, you know, for an example, how back in the 30s or 40 years ago, you know, you saw, um, you know, the, the wife or the woman in the kitchen doing most of the cooking yeah. and now you see men and the kids and everyone cooking and it's because, of, you know, we've seen the steady normalisation of that, like guys are in the kitchen cooking. So we'll see that happen with sexuality as well, I believe. You'll see just a, just a normalisation as people that are, you know, growing up, even at when they go through schools now, they're, they're seeing more of it and more of it. So it's becoming very normal. So, yeah, yeah has, has doing this interview in late January opened a new chapter of um, of sort of life for you? Like you mentioned doing a speech in Christchurch. She's I've seen you on social media, you know, rubbing shoulders with Ruby Tui. <laughs> <laughs> she's wonderful. She's an awesome, awesome human being. Yeah, did you know her before this? Um, I, well, I knew, knew of knew her. Knew of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, she's incredible. She's like, a yeah, just, and, and so much, so much life and she's got such a great smile she lights up a whole room she's just incredible um but yeah no we're doing a, a little bit of work around that sort of stuff and, and just helping out and getting out there and um and and sort of just um sort of continuing the vibe of just awareness and and openness and, and a caring vibe that you know in sport you know you can still have that combat, that 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 competitive, that um, that that diehard attitude on the field, but you know, off the field, you you can be um, you can be vulnerable, you can be open, and and and, and if you're aware of what your uh, teammates are going through, you know, it'll actually make you stronger on the field. Yeah. Mm. Well, I reckon that's probably a good way to finish. 
Cool. I love it. Awesome. Thank Campbell you. Johnston, CJ, thank <laughs> yeah. you so much for coming over today, man. It's thank really you. nice to finally meet you and sit down with you, yeah. and thanks for being so open with your stories. No, it's all right. It's all good. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much for having me. It's awesome. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah. Changing lives. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's all, it's all what it's about. <laughs> People just being happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope your dad's happy. I hope the, I hope the ducks <laughs> aren't is. eating the he bread is. anymore. He is. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> He's happy. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Campbell Johnston on Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Thank you so much for making it all the way through this episode right to the end. And if you like this podcast, please feel free to share it. Tell your friends about it. Recommend it to a workmate or family member. Or even mention it on an Instagram story. Word of mouth is, in my opinion, the most effective form of marketing there is. Also, don't want to be a nag, but if you don't do so already, please hit the subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode. Thanks very much to the Absolute Legends at Radix Nutrition for sponsoring this episode. Check out their website, no pressure to buy anything, but they truly are doing epic things from their factory on the outskirts of Hamilton. Their website, radixnutrition.co.nz, that's R-A-D-I-X. And also, if you're yet to listen to the episode of the podcast with Mike Rudling, the founder and CEO of Radix Nutrition, download it and save it for another time. It came out a few weeks back and... I'm genuinely surprised by the amount of feedback we've had about this episode. Mike Rudling is a genius. He is, in my opinion, the smartest person we've had on the podcast so far. My sincere apologies to the 69 other guests that have been on, but something for you to strive towards. Yeah, that podcast again, uh, Mike Rudling, a couple of weeks back. All right, thanks a lot for coming along this week. Really appreciate it, and I hope to see you next week on Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. WarbyParker.com slash covered. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order. Order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.